Let's look at this. Actions that enhances our faith. Actions that enhances our faith. For our faith to be um, effective, we are saying that one must be fired by, it must be fired by action. What do I mean by that? Now, let's look at James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26. He says this. What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? It was a question. If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, depart in peace, be warned and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? So what we are saying is that we cannot just be walking about as believers and say, oh, I have faith in Christ. Have it. Remember I've said, your faith is valueless if it's not fueled by love. And so the scripture is trying to tell us that now you, you can say all these things. A brother comes to you and needs help and you cannot. If, if you have love, if you have faith, then you prove it by the love that you have for the person. And it must, you must act, act actionalize. You must action the faith that you profess, that you have. In other words, our faith matures as we learn to do the following. One, when we can speak the word. In other words, our confession. Our faith matures when we confess it. We confess what we have believed. We confess what we have heard. We confess what is being preached. We mature in our faith, according to Luke chapter 11, verse 5, when we persistently and consistently give ourselves to pray. Because listen, like I said before, your faith will cause your prayer to work. Also, by feeding on the word. Feeding on the word. And the last thing is by continuously giving thanks and praise to God for who he is, for what he has done, and probably for what he's about to do. Now, in conclusion, in conclusion, I want to say this few things. In conclusion, when the word when the word goes out, when the word this is after 10 minutes. When the word goes out, faith comes. In other words, when you, the more we hear the word, the more we profess the word, the more we pray, what happens is that faith comes. Every time we have an opportunity to receive the word, anytime you have an opportunity to receive what the word of God is saying, what God is saying concerning us. We have an opportunity to build and develop our faith. So, so when the scripture says that do not forsake the assembly of the brethren, it's a very powerful thing because it's a powerful message. Why? Because the, when we gather, no matter how small or no matter how you know, short the meeting might be, the word of God is being preached. And you see, one of the things I've come to understand as a, as a young believer is this. Anytime God gives his word, there is a spirit behind it, there is power behind it, 
There is purpose behind this. There is a, always a reason why. Listen, so I've come to understand that there's no word that is preached that has no reason. Remember, I sent forth my word, and my word will not return void until it accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. No matter, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's so strange. Sometimes you can even see a very, a very young person who's probably your faith level is much more stronger than the person. However, he might say something in his message that will revolutionize your life, that will change your life, that will bring some revelation that will cause you to get to your next level. So anytime we have the opportunity, and sometimes saying this to those of us that sometimes um, we find it boring to be in the, in, the, in the gathering of the same. Yeah, it might sound boring, but let's say, yeah, it's boring, but always remember what is God going to say to me? What is God up to so far as this opportunity is concerned? That's the most important thing. One, some time ago, somebody said to me, oh, um, the worship was not powerful. Some time ago, somewhere, it's not powerful. Um, this was not that, this was that. And I said, I said to the person, why are you depending on somebody's powerful song to, to, to guide you or to, to take you into the presence of God, if you understand what I'm saying? Or how, how would you allow somebody's worship to cause you to hear what God is saying at that season of your life? Listen, anytime we gather like this, it's about you and your God. Now, all the other things that they do is an adapt. But what is important is what God is about to say in that time and the opportunity that you find yourself. It's very important. I'm not saying so, that was when I was in Ghana. So, because in Ghana, when you go to church, you would dance and dance and dance and you get to wet. So when you don't dance and dance and dance and get to wet, they think, no, today church was not powerful. And they forget that in the midst of thinking that church was not powerful, God brings his message to deal with the situation, to heal, to bring somebody breakthrough, to bring somebody hope, etc. They miss that because they are depending on what somebody did to determine what God was going to say. No, when God wants to speak to you, sometimes it's not necessarily the person, but what he wants to say to you. Always mix the, mix the faith you have with the word you are hearing. Mix it. Mix what you are hearing, the word that you are hearing. So right now as I'm speaking to you, I see healing coming to people's home. I see God taking away fear in people's hearts and in their lives. I see God bringing you know, um, joy in your life. I see God bringing peace for those of you that need it. You must walk. Hear what I'm saying, mix it with faith, and run with it. So I'll conclude by saying this. Let's make the decision to hear the word and receive it. And not just receive it, act on the word. Not just act on the word, confess on what you have heard. Practice it. And that will begin to develop your faith and you grow in the things of God. I just want to use this opportunity to pray for as many of you right now hearing me. Hebrew chapter 12, verse one and two, trying to paraphrase. He said, having been compassed run about with such a great crowd of witnesses. He said, let's lay aside every weight and sin that easily ensnares us. And I love the verse too. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, the beginning and the end of our faith. He began with us. Remember what I said? God has given us a measure of faith. The Lord began with us with a measure of faith and you end with us. 
What does that mean? It means that when he begins with that, and the more we begin to read about him, study about him, you know, confess what he has said to us, what happens is that we become more like him. You understand? And we'll grow in the knowledge and in the fear of God. And so right now, for if you are listening to me in your homes, and for those of you who be watching this after, I want to pray with you that if the enemy is taking advantage of what you don't have, so far as the word of God is concerned, to bring fear and anxiety and things that will cripple you, will, will, will bring you down. We are praying that through the word that you have listened, that Jesus being the beginning and the end of your faith, the altar of your faith, we are praying that that Jesus that you believe, that Jesus that you have received, he will bring peace in your hopes. And I want somebody to say amen wherever you are. And I pray that if there's anything that the enemy is threatening your life with, I pray that the more you read the word, the more you study the word, I pray that God will grant you grace. God will grant you understanding to the word because the word have I hidden in my heart. You can't understand that the enemy will not take advantage of you. And I pray again over those who the enemy has stolen, has killed something, and has destroyed something in your life. May the word of God bring back and be re- the Lord restore you back onto your original purpose and assignment. God bless you. And may the Lord keep you in Jesus' name. Amen. But you know, we 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 bless the Lord. What 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 a weekend! What what a weekend! And I believe that the Lord is shaking some foundations and awakening women. Forgive me. Um, in these last days, you know. Um, so we just bless the Lord. You know, this 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 um, online thing is so amazing. But there's one thing that I don't like. You know, when you are talking, you don't even know whether the people are there or not. So for those of you who um, obviously there's no background noise. Um, if already, if I'm permitted to, um, at least about two or three people I know that I mean something is going on. I'll be powerful. <laughs> God bless you. Um, before before I say anything or before I, sh- I share prayer, I just want to use the opportunity to um, thank God um, for the opportunity to share to these honourable women um, on this platform. Um, I want to just acknowledge and honour um, uh, my spiritual father, Pastor Joseph Wedu. And, and the beautiful wife, Pastor Aisha, um, for um, giving me the opportunity and holding my hands and trusting in me and trusting in the, in the dreams and the visions that I carry um, in my generation. And I just, wherever they are, I said, God bless them. And then I also want to thank God for um, Pastor Sharon um, for just giving the opportunity uh, for the kind of woman she is in the body of Christ, a woman with a prophetic voice, you know, um, um, a giant in the kingdom affecting generations and affecting women in our days and in our times where all hopes are shattered um, we have women like Pastor Sharon that could stand in the gap and defend the gospel and stand and wage war um, in the secret chambers and the secret places you know to make sure that women are liberated and have their freedom and I want to say God bless you woman of God um, you're such a wonderful woman and God bless you for um, the zeal and the passion that you carry so far as women are concerned. I, I also want to just use the opportunity to thank my 
beautiful wife, um, Lady Mars, um, for loving me. I mean, there's no woman that can love me than she does. And so wherever she is, uh, God bless her and uh, my kids as well. All right. And God bless all the leadership of ICWN. Wow, what a wow. It's what a wow. And we, we, we are thanking God for your lives, for giving the opportunity to come on. You know, I know you're working very hard behind the scenes. So God, we should bless you. Um, I want to pray. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this morning. The Father, Lord, you unfold mysteries and give unto us in-depth revelation of that which, O oh God, you want us to know. And for the advancement of God of the kingdom and of our lives, let it be that this morning secrets of God will be unfolded in the name of Jesus. I pray that the word will permeate and be infused into the DNA of every woman on this platform right now. And I ask the Father, by the time we are through with this wow conference, women have been revolutionized. Gift things have been activated. Blessings have been poured. Breakthroughs have been assured in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. See, this is what I don't like. Amen. I can't hear anything. I don't. All right. Ali, I'll be getting help you. Amen. 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 Kingdom advancement, um, kingdom advancement. And when I talk about kingdom advancement, what I'm trying to just share this morning is engaging the will of God for our lives as women, engaging the will of God. And, you know, for those of you who are in the CLF family or community, we've been hearing the word kingdom impact. So the word kingdom or kingdom impact is something that rings in our spirit or rings in our mind almost every day, every second, every hour. In fact, one way or the other, it has become our DNA, one way or the other. And so um, I just want to share something. I wouldn't, because of time, I wouldn't delve deep into, I mean, the exegesis of some of these things, but I would try to just play around what I have. And I trust that the Holy Spirit will, you know, inject something to your spirit and will bring deliverance and hope to your life. And um, let me begin by talking about, when you talk about kingdom, I mean, it's so simple and most of us who understand that kingdom when we talk about the kingdom of god and sometimes people use this word interchangeably they say the kingdom of god or kingdom of heaven we are saying that it's a spiritual realm over which god reigns as king or the fulfillment on earth of god's will so now the question will be what is the will of god like i said pardon me that i will not delve into the depth of some of these things but however i trust god that you understand some of these things and when you say the will of god what is the will of god then once the god's will briefly or primarily will say that it's god's plan and purpose for your life or for our lives you understand now there's a scripture i think in hebrew chapter 9 and i want you to just follow me probably because i'm going to just hit on some few things that if you don't follow you might miss the train and um in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16 to 17, the Bible says, I'm trying to paraphrase this. He said that for where a testament is, 
there must be necessity of the test of the of the death of the testator. For a testament is of force unless there's a death of, of, of the person who gives the will. So in other words, when when you're talking about a will, we are talking about somebody who has a property or somebody trying to just break it down a bit. Somebody who has something and obviously he knows he's not going to be there forever. And so he 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 makes some what we call a testament or a will, and then you know, hand over to the person who he thinks he should take it when he's no more. And so with this scripture, where he's saying that where a testament is, there must be necessity of the death of the testator. When we are talking about the will of God, then we are talking about that which God in his plan and purpose has made available for us. And that can be made available when we receive him into our lives as our Lord and Savior. And so, and so, but before I go further, I want you to understand, I made testament and God handed a testament to us. And let me delve a little bit into it and explain is this. Now, when you look at the Old Testament books or what we call the scriptures, what the Greek will call graphy or the Holy Scriptures, Hagios graphy, is a sacred writing. Now, when you look at from Genesis to Malachi, where technically is known to be the scriptures, which is the Old Testament, when you see those books, you realize that Jesus is revealed in every book of the Old Testament. And so therefore, what is the Old Testament? When you talk about the Old Testament, which we call the Old Testament, which is the graphe, is New Testament concealed. And what is New Testament? New Testament is Old Testament revealed. And so therefore, when we're talking about the will of God, it we're talking about that which God concealed in the Old Testament, but in our time has been revealed unto us through the Son of God, which is Jesus Christ. And so Jesus was saying here, or the, the Apostle Paul was saying here, that you see, um, 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 for, for, for where a will is or where a testament is, there must be the death of the testator, which means that Jesus, who was conceived in the Old Testament, but now revealed unto us in the New Testament, for us to be able to walk in the will, the purposes, the plan of God for our lives, Christ need to die. So by his death, he handed unto us a will. And I hear some amen there. So that is briefly about the will. So let's look at, I'm talking about kingdom advancement, engaging the will of the Father. So when we talk about advancement, what do we mean by advancement? Simply, is the ability to know the mind of God over an issue in life. It's the ability to know the mind of God over an issue in life. Now, why is it important? It's very important because we cannot walk with the Lord without knowing the mind of God concerning our generation, concerning our lives, concerning our family, and concerning our children. That is why I bless the woman of God for this vision. And I pray and I declare and I prophesy to, to, to this ministry. The Bible says that the vision may tarry, but in due time, it will show forth. It will be fruitful. And I declare that the days and the years are coming where this ministry will be known because of what they carry and because of the mantle that's upon their lives and because of God's purpose concerning their lives. And also, advances meaning your ability to hear the voice of God and to do the, vo and to do the voice of God is very important. Now, I'm going to touch on some few things, and I, I, I hope um, I will try not to be PC here, but 
you know, so that's the ability to hear the voice of God. And as a child of God, as a woman of God, it is very important. It is very important. And as women, it is very important to understand the seasons and the times we find ourselves. Can I therefore say something? Ladies and gentlemen, we are not just here on this earth to just leave and go. No, no, no. We are here to fulfill an assignment. As much as God blesses us with a wife, a husband, and a children, that is not the ultimate reason. There is something more than our presence here on earth. It's very important. So what is kingdom advancement? And kingdom advancement means moving forward with God's plan and purpose. Moving forward with God's plan and purpose. In other words, or another way to explain this is to expand, and listen very carefully, to expand the reign of God, like yeast, I don't know how you do that, that's the right, um, uh, how to put it, yeast or yeast spread through a dough and it causes it to rise. That's kingdom advancement. Now in Matthew chapter 13 verse 33, he says this, he told them still another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. So when you're talking about kingdom advancements, we are talking about yeast or yeast or whatever, where, how we pronounce it. So ladies and gentlemen, the thing is that you, you are called or you are here in this kingdom to advance God's kingdom. Now, anytime we talk about kingdom, we are talking about domain. And anytime we talk about domain, we are talking about a presence. I have said, and I don't know whether anybody have heard me on this, on, or here I've heard me. Now listen, when we come to God, or where God calls us unto himself, he, there are three things, three powerful things God hands over to us, or God expects us to do, or God puts in our spirit. When we come to God, God gives us a message as individuals. Two, when we come to God, God gives us anointing. And the third thing that God gives us is the territory. When I talk about territory, I'm not just talking about the physical territory. We're talking just the land. We're talking about spiritual territory and physical territory as well. Bible said that wherever your foot shall be, you shall possess. So I'm talking about the territory, possessing spiritual territories and possessing physical territories. So, one of the things you have to understand that if God has given us a message and God has given us anointing and God has given us a territory, which means that we have assignment as women to declare and proclaim that which God has spoken to us. Two, God did not just give us the words so that when we speak, our words will be empty. But God has anointed, amplified, and echoed our voice with the word he has given us that when we speak, Men, we hear that what God is saying. So we can stand and say, thou sayest the Lord. And then we hear what we are saying because God has not just given us a message, a word, but he has given us anointing backing the word so that whatever we speak or whatever we declare, it shall be declared. Now, why am I saying that? Because for some of you, the enemy has taken advantage of your life because of some ignorance that the enemy has handcuffed you with. But you see, one of these meetings, or in this meeting, I am trusting God that God will give you some, or, or some revelation, understanding to break loose from everything that has bind you and everything that has held you captive in a situation. And this morning, I came, you know, with some an announcement from heaven unto you that if there's anything in your life, 
If there's anything that the enemy has truncated your life with, if there's anything that the enemy is messing up your life with, I have an announcement from God unto this, this woman listening to me that God is about to break the cause. God is about to break those bondage that the enemy has, has, has put in upon your life. It, when east enters a door, it slowly transforms it. It's really from for me. The, the Bible says that when um, um, in Romans chapter, uh, chapter 14, verse 17, it says this For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? When righteousness and peace and joy increases in the kingdom, what happens that there's, there's an advancement in the kingdom? I was talking about. When talk about kingdom, you're talking about a domain. And one of the things I want to say before I go ahead is this. There are two kingdoms, basically. There are two kingdoms. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil. And each kingdom, there are characteristics. Now, in the kingdom of God, there's light. In the kingdom of the devil, there's darkness. But you see, we have been called into the kingdom of God. Why am I saying that? First Peter, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He said, for we are a chosen generation. It means that you are not just, you know, just brought together. You were specially chosen. That's what the Bible said that we were wonderfully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. Women are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I can say, you know, in, 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 in a joke that some are fearfully made and some are wonderfully made. <laughs> Powerful. You know, and, 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 and we must be able to reflect the kingdom of God. Now, listen to me. I'm getting somewhere when you are ready to, you know, just to take off. I mean, it's going to be very powerful. Listen, we, we, we are to reflect the kingdom. What does it mean? If we are reflecting the kingdom, it means that if the kingdom of God and the characteristics is light, faith, breakthrough, hope, joy, righteousness, peace, then it means that for those of us in the kingdom, we must be able to walk through that, that which God, you know, you know is, is, has, has given unto us, his will, his plan, must be exhibited in our lives. This morning, I know I came to share and teach, but I prophesy over every woman that is on this platform. If the enemy has held any aspect of your life, I stand by the authority of God and I stand in the purposes and the will of God. Let every circles be broken. Let every chains be broken. For those of you what the enemy is, is waging instigation, doing everything possible that you know marry. I raise a voice far above the voices and the whisperings of the enemy. And I say that be loose in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's very powerful. Kingdom adv advancements requires a mindset. Mindset. What do I mean? Now let's listen to this. Abraham had, and again, I say, follow me. Abraham had to leave everything behind. For the kingdom of God to advance, there are certain things you must leave behind. And I dare say, for some of us, we are sleeping too much. For some of us, we are so emotional. For so everything at all emotionalizes your body. Now, can I tell you something? The enemy is not, is not, is not, is not, is not even, doesn't care how many times you cry. 
what he cares is for a woman that will raise up the voice like a lioness and kneel and raise his voice unto God and declare enough is enough because the Bible said that for Zion travail she brought forth her baby I can dare say unto somebody right now there is a baby in you that needs to come out and I don't know what the enemy is doing to that baby but I have an announcement for you that even in that mess when the enemy is messing you up I see God giving you a message even in that mess. I see God bringing a deliverance even in that situation. Now listen to me. God is about to take certain things out of your life to glorify himself in your life. Get ready, somebody, because God is bringing advancement, not just into your home, but he's bringing advancement to your children. He's bringing advancement to your husband. He's bringing advancement to your wife. He's bringing advancement to the ministry that God has given you. If you are prophetic, I see with the eyes of the spirit that God is opening your eyes, opening your ears, giving you a voice, anointing you onto the generation in which he has called you. He has not just called you to eat and drink. He has called you to deliver. He has called you to bring forth the baby that will bring deliverance to the generations of our world. Bible said, and Jesus and Mary was pregnant, and he was not sure what he was pregnant by, but the angel of the Lord came unto him and said, you shall conceive. I declare, any woman on this platform that has conceived a vision, that has conceived a dream, I declare that to this morning, I speak by the authority that is in the word, I speak in the authority that is in the anointing and I speak oh God from heaven perspective that anything that has been conceived I declare an angel of the Lord visiting your life and I hear somebody say how can this be but I hear a voice say unto you the spirit of the most high shall overshadow you shall overshadow you Amen Abraham had to leave everything behind I declare two Moses as a servant of God, left the comfort of his flocks to fulfill God's assignment and agenda. Three, David had to flee for his life because of divine purpose. Now listen to this. The prophets were willing to die. And above all, Jesus chose to leave his home, which is heaven, to come and fulfill his divine assignment. So there's a need for us to recognize the fact that God has called us into his kingdom to advance it. In other words, God has called us into his kingdom. God has given us a will to work on. Now, let me say this now. Three keys, three keys to advance um, the kingdom of God. Three keys, quickly. First, it takes people who are willing. One of the keys to advance the kingdom is the kingdom or for kingdom advancement, it takes people who are willing to commit to the corporate purpose of the kingdom. They must be willing to commit to prayer, to service, and to the investment of their time, talent, gift, and resources. Secondly, key number two, you need to serve to, to, to you need sound strategies to act upon. And we'll touch on some of these things very soon. Third, you will need a multi-generational perspective to build upon. 
you need a motivator. So listen to me. For those of you who are just, just settled down for, you know, the Lord has blessed you with your house, blessed you with the husband, blessed you with your wife, or give you some beauty. You, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are content in that and that you are not doing nothing. Listen, what God has called you to do, that is not a, it's just a fragment of it. You must look ahead and anticipate the changes and the challenges. You must anticipate. I think one of the days, I'm not too sure whether I was preaching in them, the credit chain, where I talk about the obedience of the disciples led them into storm. It's powerful. Now, I am going to touch on some few things, but I know I'll give you some few scriptures. Now, there's a scripture in Genesis chapter 49, and it's upon this I'm going to propound certain things. And listen very carefully. Genesis chapter 49, verse 19. There are other scriptures as well. And also, Genesis, sorry, Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 to 34. Now, I would need somebody to read for me. Abby, if you can read for me, that would be great. Genesis 49, verse 19. Verse 19. And then I will touch some few things. Genesis 49, 19. And if, if Natalie, um, those I can see, I'm calling. If you, you can read for me, Matthew 8, 2834. That would be great. Let's look at something. Let's brush on that thing and then we'll deal with something else. Genesis 49, verse 19. Read for us. God. God, a troop shall tramp upon him, but he shall yes. triumph at last. Come on, can you can you read that again? God, a, a troop shall tramp upon him, but mm -hmm. he shall triumph at the last. In other words, it said that God, a troop shall overcome him. But he shall overcome at last. Now, can you read for me Matthew 8, verse 28 to 34, quickly? Quickly. When he arrived at the other side, mm. in the region of the Gadarenes, two yeah. men coming from the tombs met him. They mm. were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Mm. Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. Yes. Have you finished 34? Okay. Um, the demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us yes. into the herd of pigs. Cool. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake of into the lake and died in the water. Those tending Amen. pigs ran thank off. Thank you very much. Now, thank you very much. Now, the reason I read this scripture is just to just give you a little bit a suggestion of this scripture in Genesis 49 verse 19. And listen, now God is the seventh born of Jacob, is one of the sons of Jacob. And a prophecy had come ahead of time that God, a troop, shall overcome him. So, and, and listen to me. Can I say something to you, ladies and gentlemen? Listen, as a child of God, you are not just an individual. You are a nation. Now, a typical example or an example is when, um, uh, I think, Jacob, was wrestling with the angel because he needed a change in his life. And then God said to him, I mean, after the drama or the story, he said that his name was changed to Israel, which means that Jacob 
you are thinking about yourself. You are thinking just about your family. I have not called you just to your children and to your family. I have called you onto the nations. So you are a nation to the world. Remember again when um, is it Rebecca, Isaac's husband, was pregnant. What did the Bible say? It said two nations are in your womb. And so therefore, coming back to this scripture, it gives us understanding that as much as he was talking to his son, he was not just talking to an individual. He was he prophesied into time to come about what is about to happen to God, you know. And he said a troop. And listen to me. When you look into that that word troop, and you delve into the Hebrew meaning and the the, the understanding of it, it is talking about an army or it's talking about legions. And so, God, a troop, legions. Demons, spirit, people will stand and contend against you. They will fight against you. But one of the things you have to understand that because I am with you, you shall overcome at last. Which means that the demons will contend with you. Which means that people will fight the vision. Which means that because, oh, I love this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because of the assignment. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Upon your life, demons will be assigned. They will strategize to make sure that you have bought that vision, that dream, that assignment, that mandate upon your life. But I hear God say to somebody, I hear God say to somebody, when Zion travailed, when the daughters of Wow travailed, when the daughters of Zion lifted up their voice unto heaven, they couldn't do anything than to give birth to that which is hidden within them. I prophesy to a woman on this platform, if there is something that the enemy has held in your life, I don't know who I am talking to, but I sense in my spirit that wombs are being opened right now. I see in the realms of the spirit that God is connecting men onto some women on this platform. I prophesy two years by today, we shall see the hand of God and it will be testified that this is the doing of the Lord and it's marvelous in our sight. I declare I declare and I join my faith with the faith of the prophetess, Pastor Sharon Ankara, that that which is upon her heart, that every intention, dreams, aspiration, burdens, I declare that it will be infused. I declare that the mantle shall be released upon these women. I declare that graces, giftings, anointing, stirrings are coming upon some uh, upon a woman right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, so, so. Prophecy went ahead of time. And when we come to Matthew chapter 8, and from what our lady read, it says that when Jesus arrived at the other side in the region of the gatherings, so it gives us understanding that the reason why Jesus was going to the other side of the town was because a man who has divine assignment and mandate has been tied by demons, by legions, by 
army of demons. And so that is the very reason why when the disciples and Jesus were getting to the other side, you know, the devil has to cause a wind to bring a shake and a turmoil on, on the waters of the land so that they will drown, that the purpose of this man, this gathering, will not be materialized. But I prophesy to you that no matter the storm, no matter the situation that you find yourself, you shall surely overcome. You shall surely overcome. And Bible said that immediately God, Jesus, get to the other side. Jesus got to the other side. When these demons, <laughs> I love this. I don't know whether you are catching this. When these demons saw Jesus, they realized that the prophecy that was prophesied, the end or the fulfillment and the manifestation of the prophecy has come. So that is why when they saw Jesus, they saw Jesus with the other disciples, but the question is, why is it that they never confronted the other disciples, but they confronted Jesus? It's because, listen to me, when Jesus appeared in the scene, the demons knew that this is the man to set the people of God free. Now, my argument is this. The scriptures made it so clear that it was at the region of the gathering. So therefore, it gives me or understanding that that man was a gathering and he is in the region of the gatherites. So which means that because the, that person was in, in, in gathering, there's 100% or 99% assurity that the man was a gathering. That is why he was living in, the, in that land of the gathering. I hope, I hope my calculation is so clear. And so when Jesus appeared, he said, listen to me, I know that the time has come, but you see, have mercy upon us and don't, don't, don't destroy us yet. And the reason why they were not destroyed because the time of demons or the time of the devil has not yet come. And so that is why they beg. You see, let me tell you something. Let, for those of you, you know, some of you, some of you, ladies and gentlemen, but forgive me. I mean, you, 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 you chose to invite me. So forgive me. Is this, is this, the way some of you, every issue you cry on, that is not the solution. Now, you will not come to me for counseling and I will pamper you. You must face the fact. You must face it because the point is, the devil has not rested on your case. And so you cannot emotionalize it. When things are going on and you realize that, you know, you know, things are not the way you expect and you know that that is not the will of God for your life, you must contend for it. Why? Because a prophecy was released. But you see, the people of gathering were bound until Jesus appeared in the sea. So if Jesus had not appeared, this man would have been in the tomb for all the rest of his life. But you see, can I tell you something? The reason why God must release you is because there's a mandate and assignment over your life. Look, check this. And when the man was delivered, Bible said, let me try to, because of my time, let me try to summarize. Bible said he went into Decapolis. Now, when you look at the Greek meaning, interpretation of Decapolis, Decapolis means then it gives me an idea. It looks like a, cos a cosmopolitan town or look like a place or, or 10 different cities or town. Bible said that this man, this man, 
this man, somebody shout in your room, this woman, this woman sitting right in front of you, this woman needs to be loose. This woman needs to be set free. This woman needs to be emancipated. Bible said that when he was released, because there was mandate upon the seventh child of Jacob, remember, seven, perfection. God had to perfect himself upon the life of that man. And I pray over your life that this morning, God is perfecting something in your life. It doesn't matter what the doctors have declared, said, instigated and inspired. I came with the word of God from heaven. Whose report shall you believe? We believe in the report of the Lord. Who saith a thing and it cometh to pass if the Lord has not declared. But to this morning, we combine our faith together, our understanding together, and we delve in the realms of revelation and we speak into our lives that, that any mandate upon our lives that the enemy has truncated stopped in our lives. We are declaring that we are coming with a speed, the speed of the spirit. When the spirit of God is upon you, you will leap over every wall and I declare prophesy into every home, into every house, into every family, that when the enemy shall come in like a flood to devour your vision, I stand in the power that is in the blood and is in the word that the spirit of the most high God shall lift up a standard over the standard of the enemy. Can I prophesy into a woman, a certain woman's life that listening to me, the battle is not over. It doesn't matter what the doctors have said. I came with the voice of heaven because the voice of God tramples over the waters and Jesus said, let peace be still. Let the waters be still. We be still. I declare over your life any fire experience, any water experience, any wind experience that is troubling your life, that is causing you to be stagnated under the promises and the prophecies that has been released over your life. I stand and agree with the heart and the, the, the spirit of the prophet on the line right now that you are loose and you are released because of the Hallelujah. Listen. Hallelujah. He went to Amen. the capital, 10 different towns, preaching the gospel. So the question is, the question is, the question is, the question is, God has given this young man a word, a, a, a message. God has given this man the anointing. God has given this man a territory. But what the enemy can do is to stop that the mandate of God concerning his life. Let me try to try my best to end this message by giving you some characters in the Bible that will charge and challenge your life. The daughters of Zelophehad. The daughters of Zelophehad. And I cannot, you know, but to preach about the daughters of Zelophehad because we are gathered as women. We gathered as women. And listen to me, somebody, the Bible said from the days of John the Baptist to now, the kingdom of God has suffered violence and I see some violence women on this platform taking it by force, taking it by force without any negotiation of the devil, without any, any games of crying and without any situations of being compromised and pity partying yourself. But I see a generation, I see a generation, I see an awakening of remnant. Bible said in the book of Romans chapter 11 verse 1, and Elijah stood and called on God and said, God, they've killed the prophet, they've killed the woman and 
now they are seeking for my life to destroy it. But God spoke from heaven, and he said, Elijah, don't deceive yourself. Woman of God, don't deceive yourself. I have kept women unto myself that have no bow to the spirit of Baal. I declare over your life, no matter the challenges that the enemy will bring, as a woman of God, wow, woman, ah, what a wow you are. I see God bringing a wow and a laughter into Ooh, your life. Hallelujah. Because the vision may tarry, but it will surely, surely come to pass. Amen. Zelufihar, listen to this. Let me delve into me a little bit. Into it. Zelufihar was one of the many children of Israel rescued from Egypt or the Egyptian bondage. No, while you know the Bible tries to the Bible give us does not you know say much about him. Now listen, and I'm going to shoot here. As much as the Bible did not say much about him, or it didn't mention, and also didn't mention the fact that he had sons. Zelufi had had five beautiful daughters. Now. If I'd had time, I would have delved into some, I mean, all of them, but you know what, for time. So the daughters were Mala, Noah, Hogla, Melka, and Teza, whichever way you pronounce it. So they were very unusual women. You see, and that's why I know that what we are doing, the women on this platform, they are unusual women. They are unusual. They are not like the other women. From today, may you stand tall. May you not Stop. give the enemy Stop. the audacity to, 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 to mesmerize and mess your life in any form mm, of That's right. Jesus. They were unusual women. And after the death of their father, the Bible said all the five of them stood before Moses, Eliezer, and the priest. And the priest, and indeed the entire congregation of Israel. Now listen, they stood before Moses, they stood before the priest. They stood before the prince and the five unusual women. Something that has been not have been done before. Look at this in Numbers chapter twenty-seven, verse three to four. I want somebody to read for me. The reason why I want you to read is because I want. I don't want to, you know, say something that you think I am telling lies. Numbers twenty-seven, verse three to four. My readers today are Natalie and Pastor Abigail. So you make it quick for me. You know. When, when you call me to preach and you tie me down to scriptures, that's the problem that you have. So forgive me. Forgive me. So Numbers 27, verse 3 to 4. Numbers 27. Quickly, quickly. Verse 3 to 4. Our yes. father died in the wilderness, but he yes. was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord in yes. company with Korah. But he died in his own sin and he had yes. no sons. Yes. Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family, because he had no yes. son. Give us a possession among our father's brothers. Hmm. Verse 5 Amen. as well. Now, Amen. It's okay. Well, how many minutes do I have left? Quickly for me. You have um, three. Oh, dear. Okay, cool. You have ten. You have ten, Pastor Peter. You've got ten All more right, minutes. Cool. Let's, oh, let's Pastor Sharon is saying another half hour. No, ten, ten <laughs> more minutes. Thank you. So, listen. From these scriptures, we realize that their request was a bit foreign to Moses because it was a law on the land. You know, I don't want to say women didn't matter, but the point is that, you know, the decree and the law 
Now remember the scripture that I read before from Hebrews chapter 9, where a testament is there must be a necessity of the test of the testator. It's very important there. I mean, as much as I can't get the time to delve into that, but I want you to understand this. You know, their request before Moses was the first time women will bring such issue before God. Why? Because it was a law that when a man gives birth, does not give birth to sons, all the inheritance go to different people. And the reason was that because the woman will not bear the name of the father. They'll bear the name of their new husband. And so therefore, it was a law. It was a law. And everybody understood that nobody negotiated with the law. But you see, the, the, the Salufi had died without sons. It was all daughters. And the woman said, no, it cannot be. Something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. So, I mean, when Moses heard this woman, the, the, the braveness of this woman, he was so shocked. And when you look at Numbers 27, verse 7 to 8, it goes on to say something. Else. But because of time, let me quickly read. It says, the daughters of Zelophehad speak right when they spoke to Moses. Thou shalt surely give them the possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren. Let me try to put it this way. Now, not only did God instruct, listen, not only did God instruct Moses to give all the five women the inheritance among their father's my father's brothers, he also made a new law. And that is my emphasis. There was a decree. There was, there was a prominent decree on the land. But some women who were fed up with the, with the decrees of the law on the land said to themselves, something must change. Something must shift. Something must, must there should be, there must be a paradigm shift. In, in, in the law that has been declared, yes, man has made the law probably endorsed and backed by God, but we know that God is a good, good father. We can also approach him and say, God, can you do something about this situation? And I don't know whether I am speaking to a certain woman that is going through something that he thinks that that issue can never be negotiated. I bring you a promise from these five women that stood and said, enough is enough. We are sat down for far too long. I can nothing come out of Nazareth. If Esther will not rise, will God will choose another woman to stand in the gap. And I see that in these dark days, God is raising yet beautiful queens like Esther in the name of Jesus. Can I say something? Amen. Before quickly, before quickly. Now listen to this. There's some interesting thing that happened. You know when Jericho, I mean because of time, let me quick forward. When, when um, the, the Israelites got to Jericho. Bible said that there was a woman, there was a harlot woman. And ladies and gentlemen, it was so interesting that the woman was notified or was known by her mess. The, the woman, the harlot woman. And do you know that anytime God wants to use you for an assignment, He always brings things to mess you up so much that you will not see what God wants to do. Can I therefore say something to somebody right now? The enemy will always put Hatred in the things you love so that you will not fulfill that assignment. I don't know what that woman said. I said, the things that you love that God is going to use to advance you, the enemy will always put hatred into that thing. That is why, let's say, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes our children, some of our children will be so bad and you know, we will do everything and they are not corrected. They are so stubborn and you don't understand why he was brought up from a Christian home yet his life is so messed. You don't understand. Anytime you see that thing in your family, you must understand that that child is a child of promise and the devil is doing everything to mess him up 
like the man that was placed in the tomb so that you will not fulfill a divine mandate and assignment but i came in the volumes of god's word and in prophecy that anything that the enemy has messed your life with i declare that even in that mess god is bringing a message to your life quickly so the woman Amen. Arnold, Arnold, listen to this listen to this and this will blow your mind and shock you do you know that through harlot time will not permit it through harlot we had this person called boas and through boas we had obed and through obed we had jesse and through jesse we had david and because of the seed jesus christ the devil was trying to do everything to mess up the woman and so he messed her up that she became a harlot but in the midst of that mess in the midst of that mess the seed Come on. cannot die the seed of god cannot be destroyed except a corn dies it abides alone but when it dies it brings much fruit i declare over your life the enemy thought he was killing you the enemy thought he was destroying you but i see another seed shooting up from that which they think it is dead and it's going to bear much fruit quickly quickly i have three minutes i believe quickly quickly Great women are liberated. These women, the, the daughters of Zelophehad, were liberated. Five minutes, they were liberated. Why are they liberated? Listen to me, listen to me. Don't sit around waiting for others to liberate you, but you still take up the challenge and, you know, stand for your life and know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They confront the challenge. They face the challenge and they do not just liberate themselves, but they liberated their household. They liberated all the women on the land. Listen to me. You are a great woman and i say to you great woman takes the challenge and i mean they challenge the status quo they never accept that which is against them i pray over your life that which stands against you any demonic influence instigations and attack i declare that you stand for that challenge and they said our father had no sons and why should his name be erased from his family because of 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 that i declare that listen to me that which god has put it in your spirit can never be erased great women are not afraid they go for what they believe it is theirs great women great women are pathfinders trailblazers trailblazers and pace setters great women fight for the cause bigger than them you are bigger than that which you are going through and i declare that God will make you a great woman that you bring a change even in the kingdom. You advance the kingdom because of the will of the Father. He says, I know the thoughts that I have for you, say the Lord. It is Hallelujah. not the thought of evil. They are the thoughts that will bring you to your expected hand. And this morning I pray that if you advance in prayer, Bible say that call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things you know what not. I declare over your life that which enemy has hidden in the secret place i pray for the spirit of discovery to discover the way to discover the anointing to discover the territory for which god has given you i pray over your life you can never fail because you are not born to fail and i pray over your life bible said when david david 
David, because of the assignment upon his life, David was in the form of a mess. Bible said that he was rejected by all. And ladies and gentlemen, when a man rejects you for the first time, don't give up. Because when, when, when you don't give up, God will bring another. And listen to me, you cannot give up. Because he who has called you has not given up on you. And Bible said that David was given up by his family. He was rejected. But when he was rejected, God has accepted him. When he was disappointed, God gave me an appointment, not in the office, but he gave me an appointment in the bush where he had an experience with the lion. He had an experience with the bear. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible makes it so clear that when the lions came, they don't come for the sheep. They came for the lamb. Does this register in your spirit? They know that when they kill the lamb, and Bible says that Jesus is the lamb of God that taken away the sins of the world, and they knew that if they kill the lamb, a prophecy has been truncated and short-circuited. And Bible said that David understood by the books and by revelation when the lamb, the, the lions came to take the lamb, he will go after the lion and take the lamb out of the mouth of the lion. Do you remember when Jesus was killed? He was in the mouth of lions in the tomb, but on the third day, can I prophesy into your life? There is always a third day in the life of a woman of God, and Bible said that God trained him in the wilderness. I say to you, what you are going through is a training ground. What you are going through is a time of an experience. One of these days, God in divine coincidence, God will arrange for you to stand before your brethren in the presence of the enemy, in the presence of a giant, and God will give you that grace that you use to destroy those small, small demons. There is no temptation that has been following you such as these, that even when they come, there is a way of escape. Bible said God made David to stand before Goliath, and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this enemy? Who is this thing that is trying to stop my dream? God has mandated me for, for the crown. God has mandated me for the throne. God has exalted me far above principalities and powers and I prophesy to you from today take hold of that which God has given you advance your God for by your God you shall run among your troop name of Jesus amen you leap over your wall I prophesy to you let that which heaven has said in your life let it not be short-circuited in any form or shape you might find yourself in the desert place but the times are coming what I will spring forth Bible said on the first and the second day there is revival but on the third day there will be a resurrection any dry bone in your life I speak with the prophet as a care and I declare unto you every dry bone is coming to life in the name of the one who died and rose again Jesus have we declared? Can somebody shout a big amen in the airway? Amen. 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 amen.